0: Good morning, I'm Rex Hunt. The world is full of heavy hearts today, both in the football community and the community at large, particularly the Western District of Victoria, from the top of the Curtis River at a place called Boggy Creek. Yesterday we lost Paul Couch, who passed away too early at 51 years of age while riding his bike on the surf coast of Victoria. Paul was 51 years old. I first became aware of Paul Couch broadcasting for 3AW in 1989. We will never forget the grand final and his magnificent year that saw him win the most traditional personal accolade of all, the Brownlow medal. Paul Couch was a star both on and off the field and his passing yesterday has left a big void. This is your football life caught up with Paul Couch on August the 2nd last year. Yellow! Four goals to Everton. Oh, a penalty. Justin Madden's got the sit, one hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken, that is in it. Oh! Okay is to the top he is an absolute legend of the game this is your football life with rex hunt for tobin brothers funerals celebrating lives well we're doing just that too matthew and uh, thanks to tobin brothers who allow us to get to some of the game's greatest names and great characters and today is no different. Uh, the VFL AFL is a wonderful Australian game and we all love it and thousands of men have played the game at this the highest level. Some play and move on, others have more of an impact and a select few make a lasting impression that will indelibly be recorded in the history of the game forever such as our guest today when he came from the Western District as a young kid and became a household name. Played 259 games, kicked 203 goals for Geelong between 85 and 97, won the Brownlow in 1989. What an effort that was out of the centre. Three-time Geelong best and Ferris, twice All-Australian, a Big V representative, and of course, indelibly recorded at the Geelong Football Club in their team of the century. He is Paul, the garbologist couch, and it's great to have you on board there, couchy. Yeah, thanks, Ricky. Well, how about that? Uh, I know you've got a boy, uh, you know, who you followed and he's uh, playing in a, in a lower level now and he had a go at the highest level. But where have all those years gone? Take us back to Boggy Creek when you were living on the dairy farm.
1: <laughs> well, I was the youngest of seven, Rexy, and, uh, look, I was the last one fed. Or um, people wonder why I rushed my food. Well, if you didn't get in quick, you didn't get to eat. And that's how, um, how it all started. Dairy farmer's son... Um, so just on the farm, pretty simple means, and just watching uh, Lou Richards and Jack Dyer on a Sunday World of Sport, really, and we sort of grown to love our footy that way, and play just local footy and. You know, once you've done your footing,
0: you go home and milk the cows. That's how it was. Yeah. Did you consider, you know, within uh, the, the reasons of uh, I'm asking you, because you're you know a modest man, did you consider yourself an above-average kid uh, kicking the ball around the muddy paddocks of the Western District? Did you think, gee, I'm not bad at this, I might like to have a go, or were you just happy to have a kick? Just happy
1: to have a kick, because we didn't, we didn't have best and fairest. Um, we, you know how the kids have got the... You know, in the local papers, got the best players and all yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never had that. We just, um, you went and played your footy. Uh, you mucked around with your mates, had a kick of the um, footy at half time on the ground, and that was basically it. Then, you know, once you get to 16 and 17, you, you know, people, you're getting the best players. No, oh, I think it must be going all right. And uh, played schoolboys, and from then on, it sort of continued where you're. You hope
0: you had a chance. Okay, uh, those of us who have played the highest level, I, I don't mean that in a bigoted way or anything, but uh, there comes a time where someone knocks on the door and so we like the uh, look of your kid or you speak to your father. We like the look of your son. And, of course, it was in those days with me and with you that the old yeah. man had the final say. Uh, when was the first approach made from a league side and who did it come from?
1: It came from Richmond. Um, they were pretty well interested in me. And also, there was St Kilda had a bit of a had a look at me, but they were talking about it, but they didn't actually come and see me. It was Geelong, and actually, you're right. When um, the Geelong came down, um, it was um, Father talking to the the recruiter at the time, Bill McMaster. I sat in the other lounge room. Yeah. And that's how the negotiations were done. And they said, "Oh, you've signed with Geelong." So.
0: Yeah. So well, that's
1: all right, and that's how it happened. No, I wasn't. I had nothing to do with it. There wasn't any drafts. Didn't have to worry about, about <laughs> pick one or pick three hundred, which would probably get picked nothing this day. But yeah, yeah, and that's how it was done in those days. I played. Um, I didn't make any money the first year. I got no uh, money from the footy club, and I earned uh, seventeen thousand the first year.
0: Goodness me, and that was a lot of money uh, back then. There's no doubt about it. But what they're earning today is just uh, quite amazing. We were born a little bit too early, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> you, you debuted in 1985 and, and you played 17 games. And for a young kid in his first year, uh, that, that's a very good effort. You were very consistent.
1: Well, I was lucky enough to Tommy Hayfie is my coach and he was pretty keen on giving young blokes a go. Yeah. I played well on the reserves. He usually played a lot of games in the reserves like a lot of the Hawthorne blokes did at the time. So I was lucky enough, I was a mature age, I was about 19, I was ready to play. Um, and I think i fit enough, and I played, my first actual game was on Ross Dinning, Keith Gregg and Wayne Schaumbush. Goodness so, me. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to get in the best, so you can believe that, Rex. It was a bloody, and Tommy said to me, you can play on the ball in the second half. I said, no,
0: yeah. I'm
1: bloody, I'm
0: done. Was right around <laughs> about the same time that Gazza, you know, Gazza Senior, Gary Ablett Senior, played on the wing and kicked about five in his first game under Tommy, was that about the same time?
1: He was the year before me, '84. Yeah, yeah. But I watched him kick uh, nine at uh, the Wacker. I mean, oh. not the Wacker. Patterson, Abel, Oval, yeah. Oval, nine yeah. on the wing
0: against oh. the state side. Dumbly. Yeah. Against against the you know the top players yeah, the in the competition. The There's no doubt about that. Um. It, Tell us about uh, tell us about you getting the the you know the well known nickname uh, or, or well known catchphrase of the garbologist. You're actually a garbage collector, but you did that for a very very reason with Buddha hocking. Uh, you know yeah. to, to, to keep your your body uh, your body in trim for the footy. You, to, to get fit and you ran a long way. Yeah,
1: well, what happened was in '88 I decided to have a bit of a change and I thought, oh well, the garbos, they seem to be you know just to get some fitness up and yeah. uh, to run. So I, I got a job out at uh, Cryo, and um, look it was the best thing for me. I got super fit. I'd run about ten k's on a Friday afternoon, not you know not be tired. So when you've got that mental um, state in your mind and you're you're fit and you're ready and you're, you're running all week, yeah. you just know you can run all day on a sad day. I was probably a little bit fitter than most blokes, you know, going into the. It wasn't fully professional, so I was quite fit. You know, yep. in '89, and just kept running and running. So yep. I think that's the that key to me was that start and uh, what was required to actually play league footy. Because when you come from the bush, I think the most I ever did was a couple of laps on a yeah. Thursday night, Rex.
0: Yeah, but but you were a fantastic left-footed kick, and you, and that was really your strength. It's quite amazing. Uh, tell us about your association with your first coach, uh, John Devine, a, a famous Geelong name. But he came back and he gee gave it to you through the mouth, didn't he? <laughs> Goodness me.
1: <mate. laughs> <laughs> John and I probably did not eye to eye, but that wasn't the, that wasn't my thing. He had he had his um, way of doing things, and you know my sort of career was going to end in '88. That's how quickly after three years of John, you know, I was playing the reserves. I think you know I played four games in the reserves close to that end of the year, and I said to Ken again, and I might as well have a spell here. I'm not getting anywhere, and I was lucky enough that uh, Lighty come along.
0: Yeah, and talking about Malcolm Blight, uh, to come down to, in brackets, the Sleepy Hollow, with the yeah. qualifications of Brownlow medalist, Coleman medalist, McGarry medalist, twice Premiership player, Premiership player in the Sandville, uh, pretty fair credentials. But uh, it, was a, it was a shock to Geelong because he changed the culture of the club right there and then.
1: I think he did. Not with some... Um, even his first session, I still remember the first training session, that, you know, a bloke, one of the blokes turned up late was Bruce Linder. Um, who was you know, getting away with a bit under John. And he just, said, he just said to him, you know, why are you late? And he had no excuse. Was, mm. And then, you know, he sort of had a, got him out the front and asked him why. And da, 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 da. he said, well, you're going to do extra this week. And then I thought, well, the rules have been set. We're all under the same umbrella. And uh, that's how it all started
0: that's exactly right and it didn't take him long to sort of start to mold aside of household names and we fast forward to 1989 when you came within a uh, a bees diaphragm of upsetting hawthorne but full marks to them they were the walking wounded you were the walking wounded yep. but so many many people say to me paul and we're talking to paul couch a legend of the game So many say to me uh couchy you know that that was one of the greatest grand finals of all time but of course i was involved in 72 when carlton kicked 28-9 against richmond it wasn't the greatest but I let people say it was okay to look, but it wasn't very good to play and it's just such a letdown when you play so hard and so long and you just fail by that bare margin.
1: I think that's a good um, that's exactly right. When you play hard so long for the for that day and you don't you know, you just all you do is you, you go on your hardest, really, aren't you, on a grand final day? Yeah. You do yeah. your best. You can. you go flat out, I think it's the hardest game I've ever played in. Yeah. Most exhaustive. Yeah. And yet you, you end up with nothing. You end yeah. up with some but you know, and that's the hardest thing to cope with. And I think that took me a while to get over that. It took me, I think the whole year took me about 12 months to get over. Yeah. You know, were, were, you
0: in to... the, were you Were uh, you privy to what was going to happen as soon as the ball was bounced and uh, Dermot was going to be uh, uh, given a lovely welcome uh, by Yatesy? Yeah. yeah, he deserved one. <laughs> he
1: did deserve it. You know, he, he got Yatesy about halfway through the year. When
0: yeah. He you yep.
1: probably get six weeks. You probably wouldn't have played for a while, Dermot, you know, with that action, the way the league stamped that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was... Um, you, know, you sometimes you got to pay one back and it was on grand final day. We'd only played it once during the
0: year, so... Just move to the side of your desk while you use your phone there and I ask you the next question. That was your real breakout year. You won the Brownlow medal and it was... You, you, you just were just so sure of yourself and it's just an amazing thing when you have a good run of form and it continues on.
1: Well, the thing is, if you play every game, you, you get fit, don't you? And you yeah. And you, And the confidence runs. I think most people forget that if you have a stop-start year, your form will fluctuate a lot, and that's how it was. You're hard and fit every week. You're ready. you got your confidence up and uh, your fitness is up. And that it, it's not hard to see why blokes have really good years. Yeah. And uh, you see that through the time and time again. You know, the bloke, he's had a good year, then a couple of good years, then he gets injured, and then, oh, the bloke's no good. Well, he's not, no, good. He's just been injured three or four times during the year, and he's
0: just lost a bit of form and confidence. That's exactly right. Um, did it really hurt enough, the, the loss of the 89 grand final? Because it wasn't the only grand final you were going to go on and lose. It just it just ran into West Coast. You ran into Hawthorne. Yeah. It's hard when you run into these sides who had just got a little bit of a spring in their step.
1: Well, they were as good as us, if not better. We just didn't have the depth, record, to be honest. Yeah. You know, they had more depth. You know, Peter Wilson was their 21st man. We had a a kid by the name of Andrew Wills, who was yes. a 17-year-old going to school. So, yeah. just, as you know, you're playing finals. It's generally that bottom rung that really makes a difference. And you see Hawthorne, you know, they've, they've got a great spread across the, um, the ground. And that's why they're so strong. You know, their 14th is just as good as their 4th um, or 5th player. So, and your 22nd player, you know, they're very important my and, yeah. a, and that's but- why you win them.
0: Brownless when you get him in a corner away from his frothies, he talks pretty good sense, you know what I mean? And uh on several occasions yeah, several occasions the fact is that he said, you know, you get to a stage where you think that will you ever win one? And I reckon once you get yep. that in between your ears, mate, you're in all sorts of trouble.
1: Well, I agree. When you get yeah, and that's right, Rex. I think that happened to us in the last grand final, um, against Carlton in ninety five. It yeah. was like that, you know, you're thinking, Oh, I've got to get go out there again and you know, is it gonna be right this you know, you you haven't no, you get that doubt in your mind, you know, yeah. you've been a few times and, you know, well, I think St Kilda are probably thinking the same. The ones that got away and oh, the close yeah. ones, and, you know, they'd be probably going through the same pain as what we were and, you know, 95, I think I think we're all glad we didn't turn up in 97
0: sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it, but just, that can, it can get you that and just play oh, on you, no. know what I mean? And, and you yeah, see, no. you know, Collingwood who won after all those years and the Cats yeah. had won after all those years since great. 63. It was just just amazing to just lift a whole load off the entire shoulders of the club.
1: And I have to agree on that because I think um, what it'd take about oh, 20 years for that to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: So it just doesn't happen overnight. No. And, you know, we started the, the success to start it off. Yeah. But you need, you know, in the end, you know, it's great to just get that monkey off the back, you know, those handbag things going. Oh, on, yeah. On, you know, well,
0: you get those little of things that have- When I was playing against the cats, I know I had a couple of years down there, but the handbags were always full of lead. Yeah. So there you are. <laughs> This man is one of the reasons I went to the footy with yeah. Bear Snow and Couch, the garbologist, out of the That's centre, awesome. down to Yablet. And out of the break, folks, we're going to relive more of the magnificent career of Paul Couch on behalf of Tobin Brothers, celebrating the footy life of the garbologist. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers funerals, celebrating lives we're celebrating the football life and unfortunately the life of the champion Paul Couch. And there's no secret that he had a great affinity on the football field with a fantastic player called Gary Ablett. And it was during our and it was during our chat last year that Paul spoke in glowing terms of a man arguably the best player to play for Geelong.
1: Yeah, we used to have great talks. We uh, played state footy together and uh, he used to come in the car with me and we'd have a chat about a lot of things. And, you know, he was a great thinker of the game, Gazza. He just didn't play on instinct. He, he worked things out. And I think in 89, that final series where he uh, bought Paul Hamilton and and kicked a 60-metre goal or 70-metre goal from on the half-horse flank, he actually practised that on the way, on the bus going to Waverley. So he actually purposely closed his eyes and trained himself to do it. and Nobody else could do it, but Gazza could do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, As I said uh, before the break, uh, on behalf of Tobin Brothers, we're talking to Paul Couch. uh, So near yet so far. Before I go on to uh, Gary Ayres, who replaced Malcolm Blight in 95, Mm -hmm. do you subscribe to the fact that it's an absolute wasted uh, season if you don't win the flag? Do you think you can finish second or third or fourth or even fifth after missing the finals a year before and say, we've had a successful year and we're building on what we want? What's your opinion?
1: Um, I think second's better than running last. I think if you ask Melbourne, would they rather run second or last? Yeah. um, You get the answer where they love to run second. But the fans, you know, somebody's got to win. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't, you know. What's the percentage? Three or four percent a year that you actually get a chance to play in, a, it is. To win in the grand final. So it's, they're pretty low. They are. Um, I think, you know, we, we take second every day. And I think, uh, you know, we had three goes at it. We played in a preliminary final. We possibly should have won and played in the grand final. It's probably another one we missed on. So we just, you know, I'd rather run second. I think um, since 89, I think Geelong's got a winning percentage of was it 73 or 83%. Yeah.
0: So Amazing.
1: The, the supporters have had a great time, you know. There's, there's no doubt you know, about was, that.
0: And you've got to be there on that last Saturday in September because it's just like the Melbourne Cup. If you're not in it, you can't win it. You know, <laughs> oh, this horse would have won the Melbourne Cup. I said he yeah. wouldn't have delivered my milk down <laughs> at Mordialic as a kid. Just uh, just incredible. Do, do you have one, Couchy, that you reckon, yeah, let's just not ice it too much, but this is the one that got away and we were the best side in that year? Um, I couldn't honestly
1: say that, Max. I don't think we we're at any chance we were probably one of the best sides. Probably, you know, when we played West Coast, they were one of the best. They've played them twice. Carlton were probably the best side. Yeah. And Hawthorne, you know, probably were probably a little bit more experienced. We didn't have the experience to play them in that final. I think that just sort of cost us. We went the knuckle a little bit. Yeah. And that probably cost us that final. But I'd say probably 89 was the one. And really, we were a bunch of kids just having fun. Yes. And I think that there was no pressure on us. Um, And I think West Coast were probably better than us in 92, 94. So we really weren't the favourite at any
0: particular time. It does uh, does concern me, Paul Couch, that I've read and heard uh, commentators say that players have confided in various websites throughout the competition for their own club that some of them don't enjoy the game anymore. And you just said you were just having fun. Now, surely if you go to work or you go fishing or you go down to Boggy Creek yabbing or you do something, playing footy, it must be fun. And it's disappointing. Uh, Goodness me, it's just, just uh, concerning for me that some of the blokes are not having fun because I can give them a message, and you will too, garbologist. You're out of the game a long time.
1: It goes very quick. Oh. It goes lightning quick. But the thing is, you know, these these um, people, these fitness people, living, they're always checking your skin folds. There's something there, so you're yeah. not doing this. You're not, And it drives me absolutely ratty.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, I've been at the club all the time. I don't know what that achieves. Well, yeah, it's, these folks the, have got ability, yeah. but that's why they're drafted. Isn't that the number one
0: thing? That That, that is. So if you get okay. drafted, you've got the ability. And all yeah. all the top-notch football, all it is is park football skills played under immense pressure. We can all it, kick and mark, yep, but we can't under, do it all under the pressure. Yeah,
1: it's under... All I looked at, Lee, footy was another extension of um, country footy. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you get better. Oh, it's a better competition. Okay. That's all right. Then you play state for you. That's a bit better than, you know, playing, you know, your local VFL. Yeah.
0: Footy. So did, you, did you, did f- you find in your career, particularly, you know, getting towards the stage of, uh, of your elite part of your career that, uh, you know, state games and big games, you actually learnt more with that experience than going out against a lowly side and getting 35 possessions.
1: Exactly. I think, Sometimes if you get 25 against a, uh, a good side, it's better than getting 50 on yeah. against a weak side. And I know, you know, all that's true. But the times, you know, I've, I've had a young bloke in the system. I've had um, Matty Maguire, who's a nephew of mine. And I, yes. I, I, honestly, I, they come out absolutely rained from the yep. whole thing. Yeah. You know, you got to, and these poor buggers. I'd hate to be down in the club. I think Mark Best had the greatest idea. He trained and went out in the farm and freshened up. Yeah. You know, you're not even around the colder all the time. And this is where the coaches, you know, they got, they got more. When you look at when, how many people are on the ground, yeah. you look at them, there's more than the players. Like, hell, what's going on?
0: Exactly, and it's uh, it's get back to the old Alan Jeans philosophy that there's only three parts of the game, uh, laddie, uh, when they've got the ball, when we have the ball, or when the ball is in dispute, and I just think we've probably forgotten about that. Uh, tell us about uh, the, the, the changeover when Gary Ayres, a wonderful Hawthorne uh, premiership example, you know, two Norm Smith medalists, uh, just fantastic. When he approached Blighty, it was the general feeling that Blighty had done everything in his power or was he burnt out? How did the change come about?
1: Um, I think I really don't know. He probably thought, well, that's it. He's done what he can with the footy club. He's had three, three games it, but he always felt that four or five years is long enough to stay at one club. Yeah. And he's always stuck by that. When he, even when he first got there, he said, I'm going to be here for four or five years because I reckon you get sick in my voice after a while. Yeah. And he probably, you know, had enough, you know, been through the three times with us and not won it, so he probably thought, well, Uh, I can't do much more than that. Um, And uh, that's how it all happened, I'd say. I'm not quite privy to the whole thing, but I I just think he probably, you know, I've been there five or six years, somebody else's turn.
0: Yeah. Can, can can we just pick up on your on your boy, Tom, who, uh, you know, went to Melbourne, probably, uh, they call him, what, mature age now at 24. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the progression of the kid and whether there was much pressure on him being the son of a gun, like a lot of other young kids who have famous fathers.
1: I think it, there's a lot of pressure on Rex. I think they, they, my kids were really good about it. They didn't uh, tell us they used to get a hard time on the bus when, they had to, you know, when they're at school and, you know, you never be as good as your father and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And they always kept them to themselves. It's only later on they found out about it, all that sort of stuff and they just had to cop it, you know. And that's what happens in life. There's always somebody there to you know, keep you you know, chip, chip you down if you know what I mean. So they didn't complain much. Um I didn't really put a lot of pressure on my life than playing their footy. Uh Tom's playing at Bell Park, he's enjoying his footy with his mates and
0: having a great time and you know Isn't got a smile on his face. You well, see you're talking thing. about fun. You're talking about fun and here I'm just yeah. saying I said it can't be you can't. all right, you get three <laughs> or four hundred thousand dollars a year. That's that's a reason to have fun for a start. Go out and have a bit of fun because you want to go to Woolworths without it. You know, without <laughs> the dough. Uh okay, um uh, let's just uh, find out what you're doing now and uh, you sound well, you sound happy, you're talking, you know, as if you're in a good place. What do you do with yourself now, Paul Couch? Well I've
1: got a business um in Geelong, uh, we sell scooters. I've been in it for 15 years, selling wheelchairs, hospital beds, um, wow. scooters, um, hoist aged care, hospitals, to look after them in Geelong. And it's been really good. I've been started up with um, zero on a It's been a good little
0: business. Isn't that wonderful? And you're, of course, uh, pretty smart because a third of the population is 60 plus and we're all seniors. And uh, uh, some of us are going to need some help. So that's just great. Now, I've got just a little bit of a page here that I say to my guests. And uh, don't worry if you uh, can't or or you don't think of any answer. But it's it's called A Lifetime With My Guest in 60 Seconds. Okay, Paul Couch, my absolute favourite food is? Uh, Pepper steak. When I get around to it, I will.
1: (laughs) Um, Head overseas and have plenty of holidays.
0: My (laughs) all-time favourite movie is? Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, Jack Nicholson, what a... uh, If I had a million large to spend in just one day, I would buy, and don't say Uh, the Boggy Creek pub. I'd buy all the
1: kids a
0: house if i could afford it. Isn't that one? And to my mind, Paul Couch, the greatest Australian footballer of all time is? Um, Gary Ablett, without a doubt. Without a doubt, that is just amazing. That uh, you know, just go back to Gaza before we finish up. The fact is that people say how'd he be if he trained, but I just think that's the mystery and the gift of yes. some of those blokes who are just a little bit left or right of the centre. It's the exactly. fact that they can have a day off or just it doesn't matter because Gaz just went out and played footy and wasn't it wonderful to be a part of it?
1: Well, I think everybody used to go there. I think he used to bring twenty or thirty thousand people to the MCG and I think that's what people really miss that that explosive person that could really it the game's lost its entertainment Rex no doubt we need entertainment Gazza was entertaining yes. we need to get goals it's, you know I'm, actually I'll tell you the truth I don't hardly watch any footy anymore I've actually um, on the weekends I do gardening and I hate it really well, Only because, okay, what's the it Yeah, you.
0: these stoppages, they've got to do something oh. about it. There's, But once Hawthorne get going, there's no doubt about it that the hour upon hour of monotonous training comes out where yeah. they hit targets from 40 or 50 metres and they yeah. actually kick goals, and blokes are missing goals from 15 metres out. Do they want to watch the rugby league and just kick through the ball, perhaps. <laughs>
1: exactly nothing. That hasn't improved in all the training they're doing. I don't know why they waste that
0: so much No, time it then. hasn't. I oh, remember I remember yeah. back in 1968, I was uh, hooking them a little bit, playing full forward for Richmond in the reigning premiership side, and the bloke said to me at halftime on the committee, you know the first thing to, to do, Rex, when you kick a goal? I said, yeah, George, get the ball. He said, I'll see you after the game. <laughs> 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 hey, they were exciting times down there, and uh, just before I let you go, Paul Couch, it, just, it was a cauldron. Do you think where even with the way the the stadium at Simmons Stadium at Cadenia Park, whatever it's called, has been redeveloped, do you still think that that can be a home ground cauldron for the local side?
1: It it has been over a long period of time. Um, I think it is. um, It's such a great ground to play on. And, uh, you know, you only have to drive five or ten minutes to um, Cadenia Park. I think that's a real uh, real great advantage of just being at home, being in your bed, the whole thing. It's got to be a great advantage.
0: What a great joy it is to catch you, Paul. Your contribution to the game will be indelibly recorded for us to enjoy forevermore. And Paul Counts, the garbologist. Here he is, Bestow. Hand pass over to the garbologist. Here comes Counts and a yablet! They were great days, mate. And thanks very much for joining us today, celebrating the football life of a pretty fair player from the Boggy Creek area of the Western District of Victoria. Thanks, Ricky. How I wish, Paul, you could hear me say you're very welcome because what a loss this is, not only to the football community, but to Australia. A great footballer, a fantastic family man, but what we all aspire to be as citizens. Paul Couch, gone at 51 years of age. Thanks for listening. Join us next week on behalf of Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives, goodbye for now.